A stu stu Studio D production. Yeah. Very far. The I'm, last, the I'm last all... playthrough I did was a legitimate one, except oh. like I, this was fucked up. So like I made a really small, just like bare bones, basics house. He got everything that he needed, and then an attic. And then I would try to romance the hell out of any neighborhood lady, and I, I would bring her up into the attic, and then I would delete the door, and I would wait until she died, and then I would bring my guy up there, and I would paint their dead body, and then I would Derek. sell that painting. <laughs> And that is how I made my money. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fucking amazing. That's and so funny. That's for our Sims podcast. Yes. <laughs> I that's mean, like, something people who don't play The Sims are like, these people are fucking psychopaths. <laughs> I had Sometimes a mod. Sometimes it goes down that way. Do you way? remember in The Sims well, 2 when yeah. I had the mod where you could cook your baby on a barbecue? Yes. Sit down, I want to tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story. Everyone, welcome to FDF Family Storytime. I'm Salem, and, and I'm, I'm Hannah. Oh, oh. <laughs> and oh I'm Salem again. <laughs> and I'm Ron. I like to party. Um, I'm so, Brian. Uh, <laughs> I was genuinely very surprised by that. I was not expecting. <laughs> and on the show today, we have Evie. <laughs> So as you can tell, we don't have our regular crew on this podcast. This There's time. significantly more men on this episode than I think we there have ever has yeah. been. Yeah. We've this only is... ever had one man at a time. Yeah. One of you has to leave. They're going <laughs> to overpower us, Hannah. They're going to take over. One of us and will be. I'm, you're I'm already, okay. I'm going to go take a nap. Then. You're already outweighed as a woman. You have two men and a non-gendered person <laughs> here. Fucked. <laughs> you're yeah. fucked, mom. So, um... Today, uh, James is here, and Derek is I'm here. I'm James. I'm Derek. Yeah. So I beat you. I we thought, were. Damn it. <laughs> we mixed yeah. it up a little. Derek and I actually just got back from a five-month uh, job where we were running a lighthouse with another person. <laughs> oh. Who was also named Derek. His name was, really was also strange. Derek. Uh, James, Derek, 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 and James. To Derek. Yeah. Yes. Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe were there for some reason. Yes, they were. <laughs> They were studying us to, to to get ready for some upcoming movie that they were in. I love how he just picked that up. He knew exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the Lighthouse great. was a popular movie, Mom. The third guy, the third guy was Welcome actually going to be 2022. on. The third guy was actually going to be on the show today, but um, he, he died. <laughs> died and was struck by lightning and exploded. <laughs> and so it's just us today. Just uh, the four of us. We'll call back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're here recording episode 58. Wow. We're almost to 60. How's everyone doing? Great. Good? I lost a lot of money yesterday at Monarch Casino. Oh, so. oh no. Hear about it. <laughs> I was up at one point by 120 bucks, and I made the mistake of not getting off the roulette table. And ended up down 200. <gasps> Hell yeah. <laughs> no. Is that how you stayed for the rest of the day? Yeah. Did you just stop? Oh. I, I pulled out like another 100 just to like sit at the bar and do like the quarter uh, yeah. video poker so I can get free drinks. And break even. And then, yeah, I broke even. And oh, I was well, like, you know what? I'll just even. put it back in. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's not too bad. See, we've well, talked about this, James, where both of us are of the mind. If we make any money back, we're fucking out of there. Or, yeah. 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 I'll make $5 and I'll be like, hmm. <laughs> 
Good. One yeah. made like, more than I came in with. I'm fucking set. You brought up a good point though. This is addicting. If it's like, oh, I made fifty bucks, I can make it again. Yeah, so, yeah. I think it's the larger amount that you make back. The more you're like, oh well, I can make more and more if I bet more, and yeah. then you're like down fucking yeah. thousands of dollars. And, yeah. <laughs> I think it's where I would stop. Is if we like because this is how I did when the last time I went to Vegas is I lost forty dollars and I was like, no more of that, and I didn't gamble the rest of the weekend. But if I had made fifty dollars, I'd be like, cool, I got fifty dollars right now to play with, and then if yeah. I lose yeah. that or more than that. I'm just like, Any, I'm anytime done. I go to the casinos, I look at the bank account, I set like a couple hundred aside, yeah. and I'm like, I can afford to lose all of this and be okay. And then <laughs> I will do my damnedest to lose all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Work hard at it. Now, my goal is to just, I take whatever it is, whether it's just 20 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever, and to just have a good time. And if I walk out the door with no money in my pocket, that I, well, you know what I mean. No money that I spent mm-hmm. left over, then it's okay because I got free drinks and I got entertainment. And how many people pay fifty bucks to go out and hear a band and buy beer? And once you buy beer and you buy food, and granted that doesn't include food, but you know, you go out, you'll spend fifty bucks per person pretty easily to go out and have a good night well, of entertainment, right? Yeah. And so that's my goal is like how much money would I be willing to spend to go out I and think have that's fun tonight? Like I am only willing to lose the amount of money that I would have spent that night anyway. Exactly. I will not lose any more than that because I have very limited money to begin with. <laughs> and I will sometimes when I'm just like, No, I know I'm gonna win on the next one. I know I'm gonna win. <laughs> But yeah. then I always lose it all. So. And then red hit 18 times in a row. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. How often does that happen? Not very. Not very, but you and Belle are both cursed opposite because she had black hit all the time yeah. on her. Central City treated me a lot better. <laughs> I think Central City actually is a good place to go gamble. I've never been gambling. We should I go. say all of this, but I've never been. We should go. I want to go to Blackhawk. When James and I were driving to Marble for a friend's wedding... Two weeks ago, um, we drove past Blackhawk. We were like, let's just go there. Let's like not drive the four hours to Marble and just, just stay in Blackhawk. No, like, don't whatever. go to Blackhawk. Just go to Central City if you want to stay. Although, no, I, I mean, I think the stay is nicer in Blackhawk because I it? stayed at the Ameristar and we like got one of those spa rooms. There's like a hot tub inside oh, the hotel room itself. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I dipped my nuts for like three hours. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> might be true yeah <laughs> george and i we stayed in blackhawk um and we it was in the i think it might have been in the Amer- is it ameristar yeah is that yeah that's what they have in blackhawk right or no it was the isle of capri is where we uh, stayed but yeah, that's also because like the big blackhawk. ones are the isle the monarch and the ameristar yeah. the motel six the in blackhawk <laughs> i want to go to just i just want to go i want to stay and i want to go to one of those buffets where they just have all the fucking crap yeah, yeah. Oh. i would kill i would like they would kick me out they'd be like <laughs> i would be so slippery <laughs> from butter <laughs> <laughs> then oh they God, wouldn't James be able to get here. <laughs> get the get fuck, fuck out of here. <laughs> That's funny. Tell another one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now you're getting it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, do we want to get into the story? Let's do it. Let's do it. What's your story about? So uh, this week, Hannah is telling us a long overdue story. It's me. Um, I want to preface that I wrote this story many moons ago (laughs) because I was supposed to be on like the week after Kelly 
And so I had Kelly's story in my mind. And I remember Kelly telling me that I always do like really sad, really heavy hitters. And I was like, mm, I'm not going to do a heavy hitter this next time. <laughs> Fuck you. That's right, bitch. Tell me who no, I, I am. You. I love you, Kelly. Because um, I know you listen to this. <laughs> Every single one. Every single one. But so I chose this because it seemed very similar in theme to when Kelly did the Radium Girls. So my story this week is on the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. Oh, that's interesting. Triangle yeah. shirtwaist. Triangle shirtwaist factory, factory fire. fire. So I'm trying to figure <laughs> out what that name means. Um, tri- triangle so shirtwaist. shirtwaist. So this takes place in uh, the early 1900s, around 1911 is when the fire actually happened. Um, the Triangle Waste Company occupied the 8th, 9th, and 10th floors of the Ash Building, which was located on the northwest corner of Green Street and Washington Place in Greenwich Village, Manhattan, New York. So the Triangle Waste Company, they made shirt waists, which in the early 1900s was just the word used for, like, uh, feminine shirts. Um, They called them shirt waists. It's spelled waist as in, like, your waist on your body. A shirtwaist is a woman's tailored garment, such as a blouse or a dress, with details copied from men's shirts. So when you think of, like, Edwardian fashion, like, or Victorian fashion, I don't know which one is technically correct, oh. but, like, so early, early 20th century, yeah, is basically early 20th century women's fashion that was very derivative of men's fashion at the time. That would be, like, a shirtwaist. What a great shirt. Great. (laughs) Okay. The building that the Triangle Waste Company occupied was built in 1901. The owners were Max Blank and Isaac Harris. The factory made women's shirts, known as shirtwaists, and employed around 500 women and girls, most of which were Italian and Jewish immigrants. They worked around 52 hours a week, which is about nine hours a day plus seven hours on Saturdays. That's fucking horrible mind you it was the early 1900s and so there were very few workers rights laws <laughs> yeah i know but that's still horrible but no it's still awful like to think about a regular work week for most people is 40 hours if not less depending on the job that you work they were working easily 12 more hours than that a week mm-hmm. and getting paid significantly less oh, yeah. than they than should living be. wages <laughs> yes, probably stacking bread um they earned around seven to twelve dollars a week which was in today i looked this up so today it would be equal to around 191 dollars to 327 dollars a week which would mean that today they were being paid 362 or 629 an hour so either way making far under the federal minimum wage that we have set in place 300 even 400 bucks a week like that's a hard thing to live yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. For 52 hours a week. Yeah. For 50, for the amount of work that you're doing. Yeah. Ridiculously underpaid. Still not absolutely. a living wage by any means. That would be a sweatshop. Um, Maybe. I don't know. What's yeah, the definition I mean, of a sweat, sweatshop? <laughs> that would be it. Uh, <laughs> so in 1911, there were four elevators with access to the factory floors but only one of these elevators was fully functional. Workers would file down a long hallway to reach it, and there were two staircases that led to the street, but one was locked from the outside to prevent theft. 
So there. So the only way to get up was to go through the elevator, and you could go. There down was one the staircase. One staircase that wasn't locked. Okay. One that was locked. But from the outside. From not the, the outside. Yes. Okay. One elevator that worked. So there were really only two exit points. Because are we talking a fire here? Mm. Am I giving away something? I mean, I did preface it that it was the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire. Okay, you did. <laughs> so in a fire, you wouldn't use an elevator anyway. No. I mean, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> Um, fire danger was known to this company and Blank and Harris had suspicious history of fires already in 1902. The triangle factory had burned down twice. I think that was 1902. I wrote 19021. Don't know what that means. <laughs> Again, I wrote this story a very long time ago. Near future. Yeah. <laughs> the distant future. 19,021. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say it's 1902. Uh, the Triangle Factory was burned twice, and the Diamond Waste Company had burned twice in 1907 and 1910. Uh, what was the cause of those fires? Crazy. Just general f- f- factory? Um, or was it arson? So it was suspected that it was arson. Oh, sorcery? Cool. It was suspected. No, not sorcery. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, though? It's like a wizard that worked there and he got fired. He was like, I'll show you. <laughs> wizard arson. <laughs> so, no, but, but these fires happened before business hours. And so it was suspected that Blank and Harris had caused these fires in order to collect insurance oh. money. Oh. So they thought that it was insurance fraud because they had a history of these fires happening in the companies that they owned. Okay. Um, but like in certain... all of these fires, no one had died yet. No one was hurt. It all happened before business hours. Like a certain childhood restaurant that I won't Oh my on. God, yes! <laughs> <laughs> that I won't say on the audio, but uh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I, w- I won't say the name of it because I don't remember the name of it, but there is a so like an oyster cheese? restaurant... In where James one. grew up in Washington that has burned down numerous it's times. It's like three times. And at this point, it's like, that's insurance fraud. A hundred percent. Like when you're frying those oysters, that grease is flying. <laughs> I don't know. It's a dangerous business to have. <laughs> so dangerous. So much more dangerous than any other restaurant that hasn't burned down. No shit. <laughs> So Blank and Harris refused to add sprinkler systems in their factories despite known risk factors. I don't need no fucking sprinklers. <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> what? Why did they not want them? Yeah. Because of the, the cost? Yeah, in case they had to collect insurance again and oh, burn their factories duh, down. Right. So, like, they had a history of their fi- their factories burning down to collect insurance. <laughs> they didn't want to put sprinklers into their factories in case they had to burn them down again. So they were like, totally, no, it's yeah. worth the risk Makes sense. because I want to be able eventually to commit more insurance fraud. <laughs> These guys rule. Makes sense. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Makes total sense. <laughs> and uh, both owners were notoriously anti-worker, which in the early 1900s, not much of a surprise. <laughs> We've all seen Newsies. Wasn't everybody anti-worker? Everyone was anti-worker, unless yeah. you were a worker. <laughs> how many nine-year-olds can we employ? To- yeah. <laughs> how many nine-year-olds, how many immigrants who don't speak our language very well, how many people can we exploit to not pay a living wage? Hey, champ, here's three dollars. Yeah. <laughs> a nine-year-old is half the size of a regular employee. We could hire so many people. <laughs> Stack them on top of each other. Oh, my God. 
Um, they both offered low wages and long work days, um, which we've already kind of established with the 52-hour work weeks and like $4 an hour (laughs) that they were making. Um, In 1909, though, International Ladies' Garment Workers Union demanded higher pay and shorter and more predictable hours. Blank and Harris were among the very few manufacturers to resist this. Um, So shortly before the fire took place, 1909, the fire happened in 1911. They were very adamantly anti-worker against this like huge coalition of women who were working in the factories saying that, no, we don't want to pay you more. No, we don't want you to have predictable hours. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't want you to have any kind of semblance of life yeah. outside of our job. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they even went so far as to hire police as thugs to arrest women on strike and paid off politicians <laughs> to help with their anti-working, anti-worker agenda essentially this also i think i chose this story too thinking back on it because it was like at the beginning of starbucks's whole union thing that i was dealing with which i'm still dealing with and i fucking hate it um but it was at the point where i was like very yes i'll fucking fight for this and now i'm just tired and exhausted (laughs) don't care as much i'm i still care and i'm still very pro-union but I was more, like, angry and upset when I was writing this than I am now. (laughs) I get that. Um, That's actually where I have my break, because when we return, we will dive into the actual happenings of the fire itself, the repercussions, the possible reasons for the fires, and all of that. All of the tragedy. All of the tragedy part. Can't wait to hear all about Mm, it. Yay. (laughs) But if it's not a sorcerer arson. (laughs) I think you might be disappointed, James. It's a sorcerer. (laughs) Insurance scam, sorcerer arson, James Music here telling you to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) James Music says unionized or he'll sorcery art your book. Salem. What? Do you like Wendy's? Shut up, Derek. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Derek. You like I... Wendy's nuts. <laughs> Have you played um is Wendy, What is that Wendy fucking game nuts. that it's like the multiplayer pirate game on the Xbox? Sea of Thieves? See if these nuts fit in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, 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 ah. Hey, Hannah, not not e girls, but have you heard of I ladies? <laughs> I ladies nuts on your face. <laughs> Do you want to go to this? James, con- oh, are, aren't we going to Sockon? Yeah, we're going to Sockon these nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what my What's fair- the difference between an, a llama and an alpaca? Oh no, that was what I was going to do. <laughs> I'll pack, I'll pack these, these nuts, nuts in your, your mouth. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we got a ton of these. Oh, we really do. Have you heard of that tribe, the Sagandis? <laughs> no, but I was in uh, the the uh, sorority Sugma <laughs> Sugma Nut. <laughs> Uh, it's like yo mama jokes for the 21st <laughs> century because Salem, I got diagnosed with ligma. No, I've already done the ligma. <laughs> yeah, Hannah, we have, have a, a whole fucking 
fucking episode. What's Ligma? <laughs> like the title of the podcast is What's Ligma? <laughs> <laughs> and then I, you you haven't listened to it, I'm sure, but she kept trying to go knock knock. Who's there? Ligma. <laughs> All of these I was like would that's work not as, how it works. All of these would work as knock knock dose. I'm just not saying. Ligma. <laughs> All of them would. All of the D's no, nuts. Mom, I All have the Ligma. Yo Mama. You can't make a joke about it. Knock knock. <laughs> Knock knock. Alpaca. Yo, mama. <laughs> See, they all work. As knock, yes, you knock are my jokes. mama. Hi. Knock knock. Hi, mama. <laughs> Who's there? Ligma. <laughs> Ligma. Who? That's, that's funny. Tell another, no, another one. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> are we gonna get into it? Let's do it. So when we left off for the break, we had talked about uh, Blink and Harris's previous bad deeds. And now we are going to get into the actual fire of the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. So on Saturday, March 25th, 1911, at around 4.40 p.m. as the workday was ending, a fire had started in the fabric scrap bin underneath one of the cutter's tables at the northeast corner of the eighth floor of the factory. So if you remember, the Triangle Shirtwaist Company occupied the 8th, 9th, and 10th floors of that building. So this fire started on the first floor that the Triangle Waste Company occupied. Um, the fire marshal believed that the fire was started by a discarded match or a cigarette in the scrap bin. It was 1911, so they all smoked, I'm sure. So smart, um, you know, smoke <laughs> around a bunch of fabric. Yeah. Uh, the scrap bin contained two months of fabric cuttings. And smoking was banned at the factory, but cutters were known to sneak cigarettes at their tables and blow the smoke through the lapels of the shirts to avoid detection. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure because they weren't given adequate breaks <laughs> so yeah they, they should sneak cigarettes at their been table able to go have a smoking break but i also want to say that i have in my lifetime used the trick of putting a dryer sheet over a paper paper towel roll to blow your weed smoke through it <laughs> so it doesn't smell like weed and they you know the all of the People say that it smells like flowers because it's a dryer. No, it smells like burnt popcorn, but it still doesn't smell like weed. So I just think parents it's funny didn't detect it that they <laughs> blowed smoke through this fucking lapel of a shirt. So it's so yeah, when you I buy mean, the shirt, it smells it like smells cigarette, like smoke. cigarette <laughs> smoke. Yeah, that's disgusting. It's Love a that. <laughs> Um, a New York Times article, however, suggested that the fire was started by the running engines of the sewing machine. So the fire marshal thought that it was just a discarded match or cigarette butt. But a New York Times article had said that it was because of the machines themselves hmm. running. Where did they get that information? <coughs> I don't fucking know. It just seems like that <laughs> might have been paid off. An article from Collier noted that arson was common amongst the garment industry when garments fell out of fashion or had excessive in inventory in order to collect insurance, similar to what Blank and Harris had already done at previous factories of theirs. Yeah. Um, and at the time, shirtwaists were beginning to fall out of style and insurance for manufacturers was fairly saturated with moral hazard. So saturated with moral hazard. So I, I assume what my take on that was that insurance at the time was saturated with a lot of people who would 
commit arson. Okay. Okay. So they're <laughs> in order to that- get their insurance money back. So I think it was like there were a lot of people committing insurance fraud in different okay. varieties. Moral hazard. Moral okay. hazard. <laughs> So the first fire alarm was sent by a passerby at 4.45 p.m. who had seen smoke while walking past Washington Place. So the building was on the corner of Washington Place and what is the other side street? Washington Place and Green Street. So someone was was walking past on one of those cross streets, had seen the fire about five minutes after it had started and had gone to like ring the fire department because it was 1911. They didn't have phones. (laughs) Both owners were in the factory at the time and had invited their children to come and work with them that day. The bookkeeper was on the eighth floor, was able to warn workers on the 10th floor via a phone that they had in the building. Um, But there was no audible alarm to contact the ninth floor. So they had an alarm that they could ring, that they could call to the 10th floor, but not the ninth floor. So the people on the lowest floor of the Triangle Waste company and the highest floor were the only ones who were aware at this time at like the initial start of the fire the people in that middle floor had no idea what was going on um there a survivor yetta lubitz said that the first warning of the fire on the ninth floor arrived at the same time as the fire itself Fires had prevented workers from evacuating using the Green Street staircase, which is one of the two staircases that they had. Um, And a door to the Washington Place stairway was locked. So that other staircase, no one could get out because of theft, because of fear of theft. So they couldn't get out? Yes. It was locked. I thought it it was was locked locked from from the the outside. It was locked from the outside. So they could oh, not unlock it from the I inside. I see what you're saying. Okay. So the only way thinking, that door could be unlocked was okay. from the outside. So they could not go down that. They could route. not get. They could out not get out okay. onto the street. I was thinking a door that is locked to the outside. No, locked from the outside. Or what, yeah, I yeah. So the only lock was on the outside. Okay. Uh, That's pretty horrifying. <clears throat> Yeah, this door was locked. And, and they had allowed, one working elevator. They have one working elevator when they only have four in the building to begin with, which, in my opinion, is not enough elevators in a fucking factory. Four elevators, even if all four of them worked. Like, yeah. on an at least 10-floor building, four elevators is not enough. <laughs> yeah. So the door to the Washington Place stairway was locked, which allowed managers to check women's purses as they were leaving. Um, and it also possibly locked the door. They had also possibly locked the door to keep out union organizers, uh, which by today's standards is highly illegal. (laughs) The four men who had the stairway door key had already left via a different exit. Um, so that left dozens of employees to fly, to flee to the roof through the green street staircase. Others had packed into the freight elevators to escape. And within three minutes, Green Street Stairway had become unstable in both directions. So the only staircase that was accessible was then unable to be used within minutes. Employees had crowded onto the one fire escape, which city officials had allowed Blank and Harris to construct an outside fire escape instead of a third stairway. So I guess... What that implies to me is that normally they would require with that size of a building there to be a third staircase, Mm -hmm. but they allowed it to be a kind of shoddily made fire fire. escape instead of an actual staircase. (laughs) And this fire escape was flimsy, poorly anchored, and it may have been broken before the fire happened. 
But soon the fire escape twisted and collapsed, throwing 20 victims 100 feet to the concrete below. The fire department arrived quickly, but they weren't able to contain the fire. The ladders weren't long enough to reach even the seventh floor of this building, and the fire had started on the eighth floor. Um, Not only were the ladders not long enough to reach the seventh floor, but there were fallen victims and falling bodies that made it hard for the fire department to even approach the building. And the elevator operators, Joseph Zito and Gaspar Mortiaro, saved countless lives by traveling three times to the ninth floor. So they would travel up to the ninth floor, down to the bottom, up and down. They did that three separate times, saved numerous lives. And uh, Mortiaro was forced to give up rescue efforts when the flames heated the elevator rails and the elevator buckled. Some people pried open the elevator doors and jumped down the shaft, landing onto Zito's elevator, which made it impossible to go up for other survivors because of the weight of the bodies that were falling onto the elevators. Large crowds of bystanders had gathered watching 62 people jump or fall to their deaths. And in total, at the end of this disaster, 146 people had died, 123 women and girls and 23 men. Most victims died of burns, asphyxiation, blunt impact trauma, or a combination of all three. Bodies of the victims were taken to Charity's Pier, which was also known as Mystery Lane, and it was located at 26th Street and the East River. They were taken there for identification, and victims were interred at 16 different cemeteries. 22 victims were buried by the Hebrew Free Burial Association at Mount Richmond Cemetery, where only six victims were not identified. Um, That was until Michael Hirsch did four years of researching newspaper articles and missing person sources to identify all six victims by name. They were buried at the Cemetery of the Evergreens in Brooklyn, which is beneath a monument for the tragedy. And both Blank and Harris survived the fire by fleeing to the roof. Um, in mid-April of 1911, they were both indicted on charges of first and second degree manslaughter. The trial began in December of 1911, but the defense destroyed the credibility of a survivor called Kate Alterman. Alterman repeated testimony multiple times word for word, and the defense said that witnesses had memorized the statements and were told what to say by the prosecution. The investigation found that the doors were intended to be locked during business hours, The defense stressed that the prosecution failed to prove that the owners knew this. So they were saying that the doors were locked, but the owners had no idea that they were locked or were intended to be locked at that time. But they knew. Yeah. The owners knew. The owners knew, but the defense was, their whole thing was they were saying that the owners didn't know, so they couldn't be indicted for manslaughter. (laughs) Or they couldn't be charged with manslaughter. Yeah. The jury acquitted the two men, of all charges of manslaughter. But in 1913, they were found liable for wrongful death during a subsequent civil suit, and the plaintiffs were given $75 per deceased victim. Ooh. Hell yeah. 75 bucks. Let me look up what that is in today's money. Even if it's like five grand, that's not enough. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Okay, so $75... Today would be a little over two thousand dollars per deceased person. Yeah, that's not enough. Absolutely not. No. Yeah, especially when you take into consideration that the insurance company play, paid Blank and Harris sixty thousand dollars more than reported losses and four hundred dollars per casualty. Wow. 
Yeah. So they were giving these people less than pennies on the dime of what they received from their insurance payout. Yeah. That's pretty shitty. And how terrifying would that be to be in that situation? Just thinking of somebody in that situation, that would be pretty horrifying. In 1913, Blank was arrested again for locking doors in his factory during business hours. He so was, he did it again? He did it again. There wasn't a fire this time, luckily, but he was fined for locking the doors, which if there was a fire like this time, would have resulted in massive casualties like this time did. Um, he was only fined $20, which was the minimum that the fine could possibly be. And did they ever decide... Was it insurance fraud that caused this fire? Do do they? I didn't see anything that they were like eventually arrested for insurance fraud. So I don't think despite the fact that there were numerous fires amongst both of these people with all of their factories, it was never seen to be insurance fraud. And And they got away with it every single time. And the point of locking the door was literally just to prevent theft. Okay. To prevent theft of their own employees. They wanted to prevent internal threat theft. And to prevent union 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 oh my god union workers union organizers, organizers from coming into the building no ain't nobody stealing nothing when they're all so, burnt to a crisp just yeah <laughs> pay two extra people to stand at the doors <laughs> not too much you know what i mean uh, like and check bags how did they prevent theft from the other stairway the weird detail for me is like why would they bring their children on the day of that fire as well because didn't you say both the owners yeah both of the owners had their children there i think it was just i really do think that this fire was not arson i don't think it was caused by them i think it was an accident but every single thing that they had done to fucking push their workers down caused multiple people to lose their lives it's still criminally negligent absolutely absolutely. at the very least it could have legit been a cigarette or a match yeah you know i mean children to a traumatically (laughs) yeah Yeah. i'm sure they turned out all right bring your children to sweatshop day (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) career day Uh, career day (laughs) Um, after this incident, fire was used as an argument for factory workers all over to unionize. And the Factory Investigating Commission was created to investigate factory conditions in this and other cities and to report remedial measures of legislation to prevent hazard or loss of life among employees through fire, unsanitary conditions, and occupational diseases. Um, findings led to 38 new laws in New York regulating labor. After this incident and the last living survivor of this tragedy, Rose Friedman died in 2001 at 107 years old. Jeez. Um, she was 18 at the time of the incident as, and was a lifelong supporter of unions. Wow. Just to live that long. Yeah. To live through this horrific tragedy at, at as a teenager and then to live to be 107 yeah. and to be a supporter of unions the whole time. Like. That's cool. Good on you, Rose Friedman. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> she saw we love three you. different centuries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, oh, she died before 9-11, thank God. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank God. Oh, she got Flashbacks. out right in time. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is the story of the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire. It's a pretty messed up story, Hannah. Very messed up story. Yeah. And if you are anti-union and listening to this right now, I hope that you reconsider and realize <laughs> that uh, corporations do not exist to make people's lives livable. They don't exist to give you money. They exist to give themselves money, and that is it. And Mm -hmm. if we put the money back, if we put the means of production back into the people's hands, everything would be 
significantly better. <laughs> yes. That is all. Very well said. <laughs> Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> you know and also just a cool fuck you, Howard Schultz. That's all. <laughs> you know what's kind of no, fucked up, though? Salem locked the door while we were recording Whoa. this podcast. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get out, bitches. <laughs> and now... Oh, Where's your matches? I left my lighter in the other room. <laughs> your plan's been foiled. Foiled. Oh God, I thought we were gonna hear a little Wayne mixed in. Or <laughs> no, you you want? Would that be bad? I don't even know who Little Wayne is, but I can find it. He does the lighter flicks like right before. Oh, okay. <laughs> God, that might have been a deep cut. I'm sorry. <laughs> Someone no, will get it. Everything's a deep cut for me, Derek. When it comes to popular media, I'm like, who's that? What's that? I like to learn, though, so thank you for educating me. D's cuts. <laughs> D's cuts and D's nuts. Did anyone have any comments, questions, mm. oh, concerns? Oh, yeah. Well, that was a great story. I, I'm um, sorry. We can have this. I just want... Him. I really did that to just fish for compliments about how good <laughs> no, I did, did my story. Wow, what a tremendous <laughs> oh, yeah. story. Thank you so, so much. See, my, my job has got six elevators and only one of them work. Really? And, uh... They don't lock the doors, but they could. So we're just one stop <laughs> yeah. away. You're just close. Yeah. Listen, I, we've come a long way since 1911 in terms yeah. of labor laws and in terms of workers' rights, but also not a lot has changed <laughs> in, in terms a, of labor laws and workers' rights. <laughs> I'm in a four-story building with two stairways and two elevators, which is almost exact ratio. Yeah. <laughs> pretty safe. I would love the opportunity to be able to take the stairs, but we're on the 17th floor and I'm uh, not going oh up 17. God, no. It's like, oh, you gotta fuck fucking that. make base camp. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, I'm gonna you, chill here for a couple hours. You joining the army, <laughs> James? What's going on? <laughs> I think one thing that I kind of like brushed over that I just want to touch on real quick before we go to happy thoughts um, is that the majority of the people who worked here were young girls. Young girls who were immigrants, either Italian or Jewish immigrants, who were like a lot of the stories that we tell the quote unquote less dead. And it's like this, these people that are easily exploitable and yes, in similar to how a lot of the working class today is being exploited. Yep. There are people who have to take these jobs because they have no other option mm -hmm. and they are willing to put up with more than someone with more means is willing to put up with. Yeah. And because of that, directly as a result of that, these people are getting fucked over. These people are dying. These people are living in terrible conditions. Yeah. And it's like they think there's nothing that can be done of it because they don't have any other option. And there will always be somebody who is willing to work for less than you are. So you are so easily replaceable yeah, in any it, working it market. It doesn't matter if you don't. I just think in general, it has become harder and harder to find people. And so jobs are like employers are a little bit more willing to do what it takes to hold on to the people that they have. And I mean, this is aside from all of the rules and regulations yeah. that we have now here in America, where it, you wouldn't be allowed to have a, a job like that anymore. Yeah. You know, but, but I, I also think coming from my point of view as someone who is part of a unionizing organization, someone who has been working from the ground up at my store, at least to work with unionizing and seeing the response of these corporate people, seeing the response of these people who have yeah. 
hundreds of thousands of dollars that they could give you. away and not even notice and that they didn't have it. they're fighting you. It's not even they're like they're... fighting us to the fucking teeth, skin and bone. Yeah, it's not even like they're, like, opposing you. No, like, they're... They're, you like, can tell going they're after people's jobs. Yes. They're going after individuals. Yes. And Which, it's like... I don't know if we're allowed to keep this on the podcast. Oh, no, keep it on. But if they I get are fired, I'll absolutely... Fucking sue them. It's that fine. is against <laughs> the fucking law to go against somebody individually because they are absolutely. trying to institute or working with a union. That is against the law. Yes. They're breaking the law, but they have circumvented it with their excuses like any corporation can because it's a work at will state. Mm-hmm. I can fire you for, for any absolutely fucking no reason. reason that I want. Yeah. The thing is, is that you could come back at me and sue me, but you have to have the means to exactly. do that. And, and most people I want to give a big shout out to all of the fucking union organizations across the country that are working with individuals, working with people on a store by store basis, regardless of what company you work for, what corporation you work for. They're working on an individual basis to help these people who have had mm-hmm. unfair labor practices against them like happen against them and they are able to fight back because these people are giving up their time giving up their resources and like helping them for free most of the time because they realize what happening is is fucking wrong good on them good on them that's awesome and in our state too like we just had a big not i guess like a big big win but with the whole king supers protest yeah absolutely they they got better pay and ultimately like better benefits and stuff and it wasn't exactly what they were asking for but there was movement and yes and the only reason they were able to do that is because they were already part of a union yeah if they were not part of a union those people would have not gotten better wages they would have not gotten better hours or safer working conditions like they were asking for and they would have all been fired and they would have been replaced by people who would be willing to take less. Yeah. And so if anyone out there is listening and you're part of a corporation that is unionizing right now, don't let them fucking scare you because I realize how scary it can be. Mm-hmm. And I have been scared, but you have more power than they do. And that is why they are fighting you so fucking hard. I'm not a a fan of unionization across the board for every instance. I think that unions should be used, but I think that there was a period of time like unions were really, really important. And then there was a period of time where it's like everybody realized there's laws and shit. So they started (laughs) doing things on their own that were beneficial to their employees. And so unions became kind of like obsolete in a lot of ind- industries, I don't think every industry and every job needs a union. I think there is some benefit to the work at will being on the other side of that, being on the management side of that and having employees that steal from you, that like lie to you, that don't do their job correctly, that show up 40% of the time for their scheduled shifts and shit. There should be a recourse for employers as well. And and but not I know think, and not every industry requires a union, but yes. the union is there when the industry becomes so big. Yeah, that that's my that thing. If you work for a corporation, yes, exactly. working for an industry where you know the owner, you know, even if you don't see the owner 
very regularly. If you know the owner, I mean, I was always small. You business. have met the owner once, even. Yeah, and you know exactly. the manager. You know all of the people a you work with. Pointless. A union isn't necessary but in I a will... lot of those instances. But when you work for corporations like Amazon, and when you work for corporations like Starbucks, where these people are making billions of dollars on your fucking back, and you doing all of the work, and you as an individual have no fucking rights in the company mm-hmm. that you work for, and you see that happening. Absolutely unionized. And I absolutely stand 100% against the veterinary technician union. Not that I, like, I'm coming from that as my profession. That's where I come from. And I always work for small businesses. And I don't expect my boss to have a union per se because we're a small business. But I'm sorry. Vet techs (laughs) are treated like... Vet techs are shit. The (laughs) shit. They're treated like the scum on the bottom of your shoe. They're expected to give you all of their love, all of their compassion, everything that they have to give. They work 40, 50, 60 hour weeks. They have no set schedule. They're expected to stay late, come in early, work weekends, be on call, and they make on average fucking 15 bucks an hour if they're lucky. But yeah, anybody that's like not supported, that's expected to like give so much and not supported and not um, represented Mm -hmm. should have the opportunity to have a union. EMTs. That represent EMTs. And I was going to say that too. EMTs, dispatchers. (laughs) Any job where you were deemed essential during the pandemic and you should have a fucking union. Should have a hazard. Because I guarantee, should have a hazard pay (laughs) fucking still. Yeah. Yeah. Starbucks (laughs) took our, you can keep this shit in because I'm fucking mad. I hope Howard (laughs) Schultz hears it. Starbucks took away our hazard pay Three months into the pandemic, what? into the fucking two and a half year long pandemic <laughs> that we have experienced. It's over now. They took away our hazard pay and we're that like, no, you guys are fine. I know. I know. <laughs> no. So I'm like, I'm like pro union 100 percent. But I think it needs to be used smartly. That's all. Anyway, we can move on now to things that don't suck. Things, things that, that don't, don't suck. suck. <laughs> Who's and first? James is going to go first because he's been wow. quiet the longest. I know. Yeah. It's very hot in here. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I don't work for a union. <laughs> and most, of that's, you, and most of that's probably not going to end up in the show. Nah, you can put all of it in. If I get fired, oh well. <laughs> but my, my thing that doesn't suck, uh, I, oh man, I don't know. You can, I know it's you hard. You can steal mine that I did last time. I thought you that's what you were going to do. You want to I don't know. We just, I don't know. I had a good day yesterday. That was about <laughs> it. <laughs> this is that's fun. good. We ate some Stouffer's enchiladas. That was pretty good. Those were pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that's about all I got. All right. I'm low nice. energy Those right things now. don't suck. Yeah. And that's good. Oh, and I don't work for a company. Well, the elevator You thing don't is, work for a company that will light you on fire yeah, the <laughs> at the drop of the hat. The is sus, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably okay. That's good. I just Yay. I work in a cave. I work in a tunnel. Like oh, I'll be like the I'll fire just be like out. running for the <laughs> elevator because it's all the fucking way down there. Can I go next? Yes, go next. I you will seem forget. excited. <laughs> I'll just forget. Um, my thing that doesn't suck is that a couple of weeks ago, James and I went to our very dear friend's wedding. Um, up in marble, it was very lovely, very queer, and I loved being there. I love those people, I love the environment that they create, it's very welcoming, very warm. 
And it was just great. It was fun. Wait, can I change mine? Yeah. <laughs> you can, can change yours. Yeah, on Friday, we went to the same, pe- yeah, their, their, same people. Yeah, uh, same uh, people. Their party, their like, little birthday party. And it was very fun. And it was very nice. And they're very welcoming. And they're very warm. And that was a little <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. And we hung out and played in Nintendo 64. And it was great. Oh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> good to have good friends. Good people. Yeah, good people. Yeah. I like it. You going to go next, Derek? Sure. Uh, Derek? I don't know why, just like Derek. (laughs) I'm uh, currently on vacation away from work. Yay! uh, I've done a lot of nada. Uh, Who needs a union when you're on vacation? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Fuck those guys. (laughs) Too much work. JK, I go back Tuesday. I'm sorry. No. (laughs) But that's cool. I'm glad you had a nice vacation. It's nice to have some time. So I guess it's down to me. And I have a lot of things in my life that don't suck, and it's hard for me to pin down just one. But Hannah and I um, did a tortilla challenge, <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. Oh, and it will be on TikTok. You just have to find me. I don't know. I'm not going to give you. Oh, should I give my TikTok out? I don't, I don't even didn't do. I don't know what my TikTok hey, handle is. I think it's just Earthsea. Is it Earthsea 50? It might I be. Think so? Might be Earth so. Say though, because I switched oh, it yeah. up. Earth we Say. We can make one for the podcast. Yeah. yeah no, F- that's F- true. F- we should make a podcast now on TikTok. Okay, there you go. So that's my happy thought: is that I have more work to do now. I'm going to create a TikTok page for the podcast, and I can assure you, I will not help with any of this. Same. I know none of you will. And I'll upload our tortilla challenge, or I might just upload it on mine, and it's Earth See or Say. No, Who knows? look it up. I have a Not lot of us. cat videos. <laughs> I have a few cat videos. I have like a total of ten videos. A lot so of Hercules. Look me up. That's true. Hercules a lot of Hercules. Your uh, <laughs> channel star. Um, I just realized that we didn't do where to find us. Well, the last episode. That at, oh, we didn't, but no, it's okay because nobody episode. looks for us anyway. On Patreon, <laughs> on Facebook, on Instagram, we post Snapchats. Uh, we don't have Snapchat. <laughs> we do have Instagram. We do have a Patreon. Um, we don't no have anything on, on it yet, but if you want to give us money, maybe we'll do I it. I mean, just give us money <laughs> for the heck of it, right? The um, heck, give heck me, of Well, I can't say it anymore because this isn't June. I was going to say, give me money because I'm gay and it's a hate crime if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still say it. Give me money because yeah, I'm gay and it's a hate pets. crime if you don't. <laughs> hey, no, now it's Disability Pride Month. So give me money because I'm disabled or it's a hate crime if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't know if I agree with that, Hannah. I just don't know if I agree with that. But you could give us money because you like us. How about that? Because you think we're funny or because you think we're horribly not funny and you feel sorry for us. It's uh, okay. Per- Either way, give us money because my job is unionizing and they hate me because I'm pro-union. So we're adding a second tier of our Patreon of just pictures of James. Yeah. (laughs) It's called Stranger Things. It's me on on fire. (laughs) Right after this, we're lighting James on fire, taking Uh pictures for our Patreon. It's me on fire and they're slapping me with a tortilla. (laughs) We'll put it out eventually, or we'll have nice toasted tortillas for our burritos for dinner. Uh, Thank you for your sacrifice. Yes, but no. seriously, James. find us everywhere at FFS the podcast or Effed Up Family Storytime spelled E F F E D. Yep, and we're podcast. at Gmail FFS the podcast at Gmail. Yes, email and, us. Uh, yeah, uh, if you feel Facebook. inclined, you have something you feel like you need to say, reach out to us. Otherwise, 
Tell me all your horror stories about working at Starbucks. <laughs> Baristas, I will text, listen and I will you. respond to you. Unionizers, reach out to us. Dead ghosts of men that died <laughs> in cavens working in mines. Reach out to us about your thoughts on unions. Please. <laughs> Please, we're really because we're, they're the ones really that desperate. Desperate. We're really desperate <laughs> yes. for for the prospector ghosts uh, in particular. <laughs> Haven't had enough of those. <laughs> That's all right. all right. All right, let's Great. let's say goodbye like we're in a burning building. <laughs> goodbye.